Shabbat Shalom, and yes, the 12 tribes matter as the black-robed prophets of Baal try to systematically destroy the nations. We're still here, it's the Sabbath, and we are going to blow apart the lies, the deception from the false witnesses that surround the nations. False witnesses, we're looking at the two witnesses, it's Revelation Chapter 11 and Part B. I am sick of the anti-fascist fascists. I am sick of the anti-racist racists. This is a systematic globalist destruction of society because out of the chaos they're going to bring in their globalist new world order. This is all part of the plan. It may seem to you that there is hypocrisy, that this doesn't make sense. Because two weeks ago, I've got no red lights, give me some red lights. Two weeks ago, you were getting lambasted if 25 of you got together on the Sabbath and congregated. You were getting shamed. You were getting booed. It was really uncaring and unthoughtful. And the powers that be decided that that was just outrageous. In fact, you could get accosted and maybe even arrested. But now all of a sudden, two weeks later... Grand support when 10,000 of you, not you, 10,000 of them in the nations gather together with spittle in one another's faces. And that, of course, is to be supported. It's a contradiction, it seems. But no, it's not a contradiction because it's all part of the agenda. It's working towards their goal, so therefore it is supported. What this is, is the division and destruction of society. If you can mask them and enslave them, what you're going to do is you're going to break down the man, the population, and the freedoms of people. And whether that is through the systematic burning of communities or through the systematic burning down of the family through the quarantine. It's all part of the agenda. They are false witnesses. Their narrative is not truthful. It's a contradiction in terms. The only thing that makes sense of this parent contradiction is that it's all part of the same end goal Therefore, it's permitted. Destruction, separation, and division. This is Yahuwah's time of gathering as the nations seek to destroy. We're in a very, very wild time. False witnesses abound. We have our leaders bending the knee. We have police and sheriffs that are supposed to be bastions of strength, bowing the knee like serfs. Yet there will be two witnesses that will stand. Slaves, get down on your knees. Mask up and begin to walk in chains. Free men stand, and when they are still there, they must stand. 
and the witnesses will stand. They will not bow the knee, and neither shall we in the liberty that Yahweh has given us, because I believe that the 12 tribes matter. So this is a powerful, powerful time. I truly am sick of the anti-fascist fascists. I truly am sick of the anti-racist racists because this is nothing more than what Elijah the prophet had to deal with. These are the prophets of Baal. They are systematically trying to destroy truth and righteousness. They are blacked robed fascists and racists roaming the streets, not only of America, of the blooming cities of the world. They are claiming that they represent black communities whilst they systematically destroy them. This is insanity. But it suits the agenda. Therefore, it gets the support of the politicians that are masked, that the media that is masked, whether it's the lockdown, whether it is this global cult of masks and now rioting, it is all about division. But my friends, it's not racial division. That's what they want you to believe. This is class division. The 1% are trying to make serfs out of the 99. And they will do whatever they need to to take this COVID and now bring it along even further. This is all part of it. This isn't now some new phase. This is all part of your 2020 apocalyptic walk as we go through the book of, Re of Revelation. What we're finding here is the divide and rule mentality. This is the common denominator. What you find is you see now with this Black Lives Matter, but really Black Lives Matter operates like a corporation. And people don't realize this. It is heavily funded by George Soros. It is heavily funded by Cisco. It is heavily funded by Airbnb. It is heavily funded by Pepsi. These are big globalist corporations that are using this movement to do what? To further the class divide into a seamless process of a technocratic dictatorship, something that you may have seen in movies that telegraphed it, like The Hunger Games. This is about funding a class war against the middle class. Small businesses that were almost bankrupt under quarantine are now being burnt to the ground. Black-owned businesses being torched by Black Lives Matter. Black communities being devastated by apparently the very, very people that represent them. But if you start to speak about this, then you're called names because it's the masked mouth mentality that everybody signed on to. Fires in the streets. 
But there's going to be fires from heaven. And there's going to be fire proceeding out of the mouth of truth. The two witnesses. Last week we spoke about the two witnesses of the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit. But really we need an Elijah moment. Because we are up against the black robe fascists. We are up against the black robe anti-racist racists. This is nothing more than the prophets of Baal using their wizardry and sorcery on the nations. And the nations are falling for it. Falling for it. Hook, line, and sinker. They are on their knees. People that you thought would never bow are on their knees. And they believe that's a sign of strength because of ignorance of history. Whenever was kneeling a sign of strength unless it is kneeling in prayer unto Yahuwah. It is not kneeling in prayer to some plantation manager because these big corporations are plantations and they are using the 99% as their slaves and serfs. I just told you Black Lives Matter is funded by the globalists. They're using them to fund the plantation. This is a global plantation of technocrats that I've taken over. The seals outside the Buckingham Palace have been blacked over. A few weeks ago, the presidential seal was missing. What is going on? What is going on? The prophecies of the Bible are what are going on. Yet people are swimming in the Kool-Aid. And they cannot see. They cannot see. When you start to get into group judgment, you start to get into insanity. There are wicked people in every group. There are good people to be found in groups. There are misled people in groups as well. But group mentality judgment leads to insanity. And that's what we're finding. This is really about a global plantation. The 1% making slaves and serfs that will be on their knees to the other. Masked prophets of Baal. Anti-fascist black robe fascists. Anti-racist black robe racists. This is the world that you and I live in. And it takes, it takes an Elijah moment to be able to have clarity. Because it is only the remnant that will not bow the knee to Baal in a moment like this. In a moment like this. We live, my friends, in the most amazing of times. And I am so honored to be amongst saints of strength, of virtue, of dignity, of morality, who love their family, 
who love prayer, who love scripture, that know how to walk in strength and honor, that know how to handle themselves in combat, who know how to have a mentality of a warrior, because that's what we need right now, because they are coming for our families. Will you stand or will you take the knee to the black-masked bandits, the prophets of Baal, fascists? This happened in 1917. This is Bolshevism rebranded, don't you see it? They used trade unions in the 50s. This has been on the books for years. And now, the ones that were at Woodstock, the hippies, and all those Black Panther and anti-fascist fascists in the 60s, they're now doing the same thing. They're hijacking a cause to push through an agenda. It happened in the 60s. And again, we see it before. But people don't realize. They don't see they don't see the history. It's all about dismantling the Western family nuclear structure. And the Black Lives Matter that you're seeing is really functioning as a corporation. It is funded by the globalist plantation corporations to the millions. Why? Why? Because it suits their agenda. This is a reality check, people. You need to wake up. We are living in a world. What's it going to be? What's it going to be in three months' time, in six months' time, in a year's time? You're going to be bowing, and it's all of a sudden going to be, oh, AI lives matter. Right? Hey, hey, if you don't take a knee before the artificial intelligence, then that's discriminatory. I could laugh, but I feel like crying. I'm surrounded by lunatics that are running the asylum. Our governors are masked. Our leaders are weak and impotent. And everyone's cheering. Police and sheriffs that are supposed to stand are on their knees. Not all of them. There are some righteous sheriffs and righteous police and righteous leaders out there. Few. And if you look at their background, they're rooted in the scripture. They come from communities of faith. What a world. Revelation chapter 11, part B. I'm excited to have an Elijah mentality. So let's look at the prophet Elijah. That was my introduction, but my goodness, I just needed to share and get it off my chest. So thank you, everyone, for bearing with me. Last week, we spoke about the possibility of John being alive. That was a stretch for some. Could John possibly be one of the two witnesses? 
well, this week I want to have an Elijah mentality. I want us to confront these prophets of Baal and not bow the knee. So I want us to examine Elijah the prophet. Is it possible that Elijah is one of the two witnesses? Because if there's a man that I would like to have around, if there's a man that I would like to join hand and hand in right now in the face of tyranny, it would be the prophet Elijah. And if those black robe bandits swarmed upon me, I would stand and stand, but I would also be okay with being transported to a more peaceful location in an instant, in a moment, and therefore the prophet Elijah would be my companion that I would like to be with. So let's look at that prophet. You see, Elijah did not in fact go to heaven. He went to the heavens. We must distinguish that. You see, Yahweh enjoyed just transporting his servant from place to place. When those banditos started to gather upon him, he was gone to a new location, to a new location. You see, Star Trek did not start and finish with Captain Spock misappropriating the ironic blessing. The sign of the ironic blessing was misappropriated, of course, by Captain Spock. He absconded with the, the beam me up Yahweh, and he turned it into beam me up Scotty. Because this is what Elijah would do. It would just be a beam me up Yahweh moment, and he would be transported from one place to another when the black robe prophets of Baal seek to destroy him. In John chapter 3, verse 13, we know that Elijah didn't go to the third heaven where Yahweh is in the throne room. Because it says, and no man, that would include Elijah, no man hath ascended up to heaven. But he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is still in the third heaven, he is our mediator right now, intercessing for us a greater mediator than Moshe that gives me great comfort each and every day because we've got the two witnesses, remember, of the power of prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have a greater mediator in that third heaven. Turn with me to Melachim Aleph, First Kings, and you're looking at me like, Yes, Melachim Aleph, First Kings, Chapter 18, verse 7, and let's look at our man that we would like to be with right now, the prophet Elijah. And as Obadiah was on his way, see, Elijah met him, and he knew him, and he fell on his face and said, Is that you, my master, Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go, tell your master, see, Elijah is here. And he said, what have I sinned that you would deliver your servant into the hands of Ahab to kill me? As Yahuwah your Elohim lives, there is no nation, there is no kingdom where my master has not sent to seek you. What does that mean? That means that Elijah was being teleported transported all across the nations, all across the nations. 
And when they said, he is not there, he made the kingdom and nation take an oath, and they did not find you. Verse 11. And now you go and say, tell your master, see, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from you, that the Ruach of Yahuwah shall take you somewhere, and I know not. So where I come and tell Ahab, he cannot find you. He shall then kill me. But I, your servant, have feared Yahuwah from my youth. Was it not told my master what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of Yahuwah? How I hid a hundred men of Yahuwah's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And now you say, go tell your master. See, Elijah is here and he, he shall surely kill me. And Elijah said, as Yahuwah's Sevot lives before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, Are you he that troubles and disturbs Israel? You see, Elijah was translated many, many, many times before. Look at verse 10. There is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent to seek you. Look at 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 12. And it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from you that the Ruach, the spirit of Yahweh, it shall take you somewhere I know not. You see, the two witnesses are multifaceted. That's why I'm so enjoying this chapter, especially in a time of global crisis. Because I don't know about you, but I've had some encounters this week where I've been confronted with agents of the New World Order where my heart was pumping even moved up into my throat and I had to stand my ground. And I needed the Holy Spirit right there to give me the words to speak before kings and princes and agents and officers. Because this is the time to stand, not the time to take the knee. Because if you take the knee now, You'll be led into captivity. Give me an F. Give me an E. Give me an M. Give me an A. It's called FEMA camps all over this nation. Ready for the surf class. Who are being trained just as cattle, just as cattle. You see, it's getting narrower. Get into the cities, get into the cities. Right now, we're going to barricade these particular streets off. Get into these, get into these. This is your area to protest. Because it's not a riot, because now 
the prophets of Baal have sanctioned it, that it's okay for 10,000 people, for 100 people, for 1,000 people to get into that cattle grid and breathe all one over one another. That's totally fine now. Two weeks ago, that wasn't, but now it is because it works for our destabilization agenda. It is part and plan of what went before two weeks ago, quarantine, that now everybody's forgotten about. Now everybody's forgotten about. I can't tell you how many handshakers I've met this week. I was never really a great fan of the handshaking, which was developed by the Romans because they carried the short sword and it was a demonstration that you were unarmed when you came into their homes. Greco-Roman mentality that came from, of course, the black robe prophets of Baal, that if you ever find yourself in the battlefield of a courtroom where the bullets of the law are being fired at you and your enemy is on the bench, you will then find what? That you are before the black robe prophets of Baal which of course is where this Babylonian system of lawlessness comes from. And when you speak of the law of Yahweh that is true and righteous and perfect, then you are ridiculed, typecast, and the mob mentality of hatred comes upon you. Right? This is the world that we live in. But this is not the world that you should take a knee in. This is the world that you should take a stand in. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 1, it is written. And it came to pass when Yahweh would take up Elijah into the heavens by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, I ask you, for Yahuwah has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said to him, as Yahuwah lives and as your being lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha. And they said unto him, do you know that Yahuwah will take away your master from being over you today? this very day and he said yes i know it hold your silence you see the people even knew what was going to happen because this was a very common occurrence a very common occurrence this is now at the point of the passing over principle where we are now have of course from elijah to elisha the passing over principle. This is the transference of responsibility, the passing over of the mantle. We are recipients of the greatest passing over principle that ever happened. And that, of course, was the passing over principle of the Levitical priesthood into the Malkitzedic priesthood by John the Baptist passing over 
now unto Yahushua, of which we now are partakers of. But there's another passing over principle that's happening in the world. Because Satan can't create anything. He can only steal and destroy and twist and pervert. And we have now a passing over principle of the world that once was to the new world that they are creating. And in the midst of it, as everyone swims down what they are creating, as they feed you into the cattle grids, it's only going to be the servants that follow Elijah, the true two witnesses that do come and will minister to us, that we will have the clarity of mind, the clarity of prayer, the power to stand, to endure what is coming. And I get criticized often, but I am sure and certain that I have been given the opportunity to minister, to prepare the saints to be able to stand. Because ultimately, there is only one before which we will bow, and every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess. Oh, hallelujah. That Yahushua is the sovereign master of all, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And I look at my brother here, and his, he has got just a deep joy because he knows that is so true. And I see it in saints when I speak these words of truth. It resonates in us. What is, it, we can count it all for loss, can't we? My wife always says, I just want to have a front row seat for that. Just for that. To see those black-robed prophets of Baal on their knees before the King of Kings. That is a day of which the saints shall rejoice. Look at Second Kings chapter 4. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here. I ask you, for Yahweh has sent me to Jericho. And he said, as Yahweh lives and as your being lives... I am not going to leave you. So they came to Jericho, and the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha. And they said to him, Do you know that Yahweh will take away your master from being over you today? And he said, Yes, yes, I surely do know. But be silent, hold your peace. And Elisha said to him, Stay here. I ask you, for Yahweh has sent me to the Jordan, and he said, as Yahweh lives and your being lives, I am not going to leave you. And the two went on together. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went, and they stood far off to view, and the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now look at Second Kings chapter 2, verse 9. And it came to pass... When they had gone over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask me, now what shall I do for you before I am taken away from you? What shall I do for you? You see, I believe the Elijah the prophet is one of the two witnesses, and I believe he will say unto us, What shall I do for you, saints of Yahweh? Before I am taken away from you, as it was then, so it shall be again. And Elisha said, I ask you, 
Let a double portion of the two witnesses, the Ruach, be upon me. That's what we need right now. That's what I need. My mind can get cluttered with the things of the world, with having to navigate through the cities and the streets. I don't want to always have to be on guard, but I find myself having that mentality, and it's taxing. But then to get on my knees and pray unto Yahuwah, the clarity of the Ruach HaKodesh just clears my mind, centers me, the Word gives me that nourishment, that all the stress of the world just leaves, and I can continue on. If I'm not ministered by the power of the two witnesses of the Ruach and of prayer, then how shall I stand? How shall we stand? Because my strength is not in my strength alone, but in the strength that comes on high, that pours into me, that enables me to continue. When people are losing hope and falling on their knees, before fascists and men and women full of hate and tyranny that would sooner slit your throat than help you up from a kneeling position. What a world that we live in. I never thought I would witness such things as I see today. Graffiti all over the street public urination right there in front of me where you call the police they do nothing nothing destruction of property and person nothing is being done yet if the righteous stand that group and mob mentality will go upon the righteous because you're standing for something that is against the plantation globalist mentality which is true freedom and the gathering of all 12 tribes scattered abroad because racism is a social construct when you are a believer and understand that we're all the children of Adam and that we are a multi-ethnic group that is being gathered into the one tribe of Israel, if you will. Twelve into one, two houses into one stick by the bloodied hand of the Savior. That's power. That's terrifying to the globalist agenda terrifying to the globalist agenda they think they're woke that woke mentality is a slave mentality the only woke can be an awakening otherwise it's a false hope a false woke right it's virtue signaling it's embarrassing it's embarrassing it really is. It really is. My goodness.
Elijah the prophet knew that he was only given a certain amount of time. He knew that his retirement was nigh and that the passing over principle was going to happen with Elijah, didn't he? He was trained for what I believe would be coming down next in the prophetic calendar is that Elijah will return as one of the two witnesses and that he will know that his time is limited and then it will come nigh as they slay the two witnesses and their bodies lie in the streets. And can you see right now how the world would celebrate that? How the crowds would celebrate that and it would be broadcast all around the world and they would send gifts one to another and these fascists and these anti-racist racists would just celebrate, would they not? The black robe, black masked prophets of Baal. This is the world that I believe you and I need to get a reality check and get it founded and grounded in the word of Yahweh to navigate through it unharmed and unscathed. It's an Elijah moment for me. It truly is. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 11. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that see... There appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and it separated them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into the heavens and it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and no this is is not this is not got anything to do, do with Elon Musk okay I know some of you are starting to think about all of this no this is this is heavenly this isn't the New World Order counterfeit, right? SpaceX bowing before artificial intelligence and their manufactured whirlwind of fire with DARPA. Because Satan can't create anything, but he can steal, rob, destroy, and counterfeit the word of Yahweh. So what is true is going to be twisted and shifted on a population of serfs because the one percent the technocratic it's a big word for me today the globalists the one percent controlling the 99 with all this technology and artificial intelligence to try and create scenarios like this for their world because they see that truly Yahweh has already ordained it from before and will do again. And that is going to destabilize their one world order. And they are terrified of that reality because it's supernatural and true. So therefore they must create a counterfeit. It's not true creation. It's stealing, robbing and destroying. It's imagery, projection and what? getting that fear permeating through a culture. Because if you can do that, then people will easily take the knee, won't they? Easily take the knee. 
and in verse 11 of Second Kings chapter 2. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into the heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My Abba, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and their horsemen. Now, remember, these are difficult times. But Jeremiah warned you. He warned me. Woe unto you. If you're vexed with the footman in the land of peace, then how will you be and where and fare with the horseman as you cross the Jordan? We're still with the footman, brethren, as bad as you may think it is. We are with the footman and we are still somewhat in the land of peace. And there are people that are wearied now. Well, how will you do when they bring out the horsemen? And it's time in Revelation 12 to cross the Jordan and go into the wilderness. How will you do then? You see, this is training time. This is training time, not only your body, not only your mind, but more importantly, the power and the strength of Yahweh in you. The power of prayer, power of prophecy, the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, and we see in the 12th verse, And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and their horsemen. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. This is not Yahuwah's throne room that Elijah went into. Because we know that there are at least, at least three heavens. We know that from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. You see, Elijah was actually taken into the first heaven, not the third heaven. Look at 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 16. And they said to him, see now, there are with you servants, 50 strong men. Let them go, we ask you, and seek your master. If perhaps the Ruach, the spirit of Yahweh, has taken him up and cast him maybe upon some mountain or in some valley. And he said, you shall not send anyone. And when they urged him until he was ashamed, excuse me. He relented and said, send. They sent therefore 50 men and they sought him for how many days? For three days, but they found him not. And when they came again to him, for he tarried at Jericho, he said to them, did I not say to you, go not? You see, what you've got to notice here within the text, that the onlooking people, they actually went off to go look for Elijah, didn't they? They went off to go look for Elijah. Why would they go on a three-day journey through the countryside to try and find a man who wasn't even on earth? Why would they do such a thing? And what we find in the scripture, most people don't make the connection, is that seven years later, seven years later, Elijah is actually still here. 
still here, and he's actually writing a letter to the king of Judah, seven years after this event. How do you get seven years? Well, you have to compare 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 1, Second, first Kings chapter 22, verse 42, and then compare that with Second Kings chapter 8, verse 16. I'll let you do that in your own time. Let me give you the scriptures. Second Kings chapter 3, verse 1. First Kings chapter 22, verse 42. And Second Kings chapter 8, verse 16. And you find that Elijah is still on earth having written to the king of Judah, Jeroham. Look at Second Chronicles. Turn with me while I take a sip from our German sponsor. I've got the German brew this week. Chapter 21, verse 12. Second Chronicles, chapter 21 and verse 12. I was needing some encouragement this week. So I found encouragement through the prophet Elijah. I really did. And to tell you the truth, in those times of doubt, man, I just wanted to be transported away. I really did. But then I had to grow a backbone and just stand. Not give any ground. I mean, not give any ground. I've put my hand up in the faces of men this week. In the faces of men. And just had to stand. And at all times, I'm watching my back. You've got to be aware of your surroundings. If you walk around there with your head in your phone and earbuds in, you've just lost two vital, vital abilities to defeat your enemy. You can't hear what's going on. You've lost all sense of your surrounding and your vision is cloudy. You need to be alert right now because there's people out there that would sooner crack you over the back of the head than give you a helping hand. That's the world that we're living in and I'm not trying to scare you but I don't know where some of you are living, if you're living in the cities. But the city that I live in, it's absolutely pandemonium at certain times of the day. The big box stores, they're done. They're folding up. They're not doing it anymore. They're like, this is insanity down here. It's mayhem. You call the, you call the non-emergency number, you get no help. No help. And then, if you get armed up and you start to protect your property and person, then you get criticized. Because that's the job. But you're not doing your job, so what do you expect? Expect me to walk around with a ballpoint pen? Hmm, very strange. It's supposed to be riots tonight here in the city. 
Sorry, did I say riots? I meant protests. They're not riots. These are protests. These are jolly good people with a jolly good message for a wicked and adulterous generation that's just taking advantage. But it's all working towards our global end, so we'll just keep on stoking the flames. Craziness. It is magic and witchcraft. Bewitched people. If I didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit, if I wasn't born again, and I didn't have the most beautiful word of Yahweh in my life, I would be lost at sea. But I'm not. I'm here. And I am a living soul, as you are. A living soul. Because I have the breath of Yahweh, the spirit of Yahweh, and my flesh is going to be transfigured, just as yours is. And that is my hope. Death, where is thy sting? Death, where is thy sting? We know from the scriptures in Second Chronicles chapter 21, verse 12, that there came a written parchment to him from Elijah the prophet seven years later. I thought he was in heaven. No, he was just being teleported all around. And this says, Yahuwah Elohim of David, your father, because you had not had your walk in the ways of Jehoshaphat, your father, nor in the ways of Asa, king of Judah. This is a written letter from the prophet Elijah, seven years after apparently, according to Hagee and all of the Christian Zionists, that he went up to the third heaven to disappear. Not so. Not so. This, in clarity, is preparing us for the advent of Elijah as one of the two witnesses. Even in Jewish times, the historians knew and were fully aware that Elijah had not died. That Elijah, of course, was very much there with pen and ink. Josephus, in his book, The Antiquities of the Jews, states thus, quote, Now, at this time, it was not that Elijah disappeared from among men, and no one knows of his death to this very day, but he left behind him his disciple Elisha, as we have formerly thus declared. And indeed, as Elijah and as to Enoch, who was before the deluge, it is written in the sacred books that they they disappeared. But so nobody knew that they had died. They just disappeared. To come back again as a second witness just like John, who is walking around amongst us. Possibly. That's what I presented last week. You see, this is a New Testament reality. And I pray it will be a 2020 reality. Because as it happened to Philip, I pray it happens to me. 
That is what I pray this week. But it did not manifest quite the way I hoped. But I did manage to grow a backbone and stand and put my face in the hand of man and was able to stand. But Philip was identically transported bodily through the air. I mean, imagine it. From a spot between Jerusalem and Gaza unto the city of Azotos a few miles away, of course, recorded in us the book of Acts in the 8th chapter and the 26th verse. Acts chapter 8, verse 39 and 40. We are living in the days of Malachi, I truly believe it. And we'll finish here and see what you guys have to say in the chat. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Mm -hmm. Could he be one of the two witnesses? Before the coming, the great and dreadful day of Yahuwah. I mean, I know that he's already returned my heart to the heart of the fathers. And I know that he has turned my children's heart to the heart of Yahuwah too. And I'm so glad for that. So thankful for that. I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of Yahuwah. And it will be dreadful for those that don't take the knee before the Lamb of Yahuwah. But it won't be dreadful for us. As long as we don't take the knee before the prophets of Baal and you don't take the knee before the black robe anti-fascist fascists and the black robe anti-racist racists and you don't mask up and follow the slave surf mentality to a FEMA camp near you. This is the world we are living in. And don't expect your protection to come from man because the men that are supposed to protecting you have been emasculated by society that they're now bowing before racists and fascists. Your strength can only come from the power on high, from Yahuwah and from the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit in you through prayer, prophecy and the powerful word we are equipped for this time because yahuwah has done what he has returned the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers lest i come and smite the earth with a curse through utter destruction we're living in the days of elijah these are powerful times, my friends. Powerful times. Let's see what we've got in the chat. If you want me to um, try and address your chat, give me a red line, a Torah to the tribes. I had a little kerfuffle last week, so um, I got a timer. And I'm going to make sure that I've actually got it... Um, populating properly with a red line and live chat. Last week, I didn't even know how to operate the system. Courageous! Shabbat Shalom! Courageous! He says, or could be she says, question, where does Enoch fit in? We have a possible third witness in Elijah, John, and Enoch, where there is no record of death. 
Hey, that is a very good question. The problem with Enoch, and you know, is depending on whether we're talking about the scriptural version or whether we're talking about, you know, first, second, those books that are just hard to pin down. So that's why I deliberately didn't bring it up. But now that you have, everyone's going to be pondering and wondering. Now, here's a question from 45 Kimber. 45 Kimber, that is a good handgun if you're going to have one. I've got the, um, I'm not going to, you know, obviously show you online, but I've got the HK today. Really love that one. I love a 40. I love the P2000 subcompact. Beautiful weapon, beautiful weapon. People are going to go, oh my goodness, that's so racist. That's so fascist. Good grief. 45 Kimber. Yahusha Hamashiach is rising in the hearts of his chosen to cover and protect the restored of Yahuwah. Isn't that beautiful? Love it. 45 Kimber. That's a good song. Says much more truth. Ah, let's see. William Seabrook. Shabbat Shalom, William. We've got about 100 thumbs up. Love that. He says, Canada is way behind the USA. Elijah and Enoch. He's going for Elijah and Enoch. Then we've got, um, what else we got? Yashub. Hey, Shabbat Shalom, Yashub. He, he says, Shabbat Shalom, Brother Matthew. We'll only, we'll only be the beheaded ones for being the witness of Yahushua. Reign with him for a thousand years, Revelation 20, verse 4. Well, again, now, Yashub, we're getting into that pre-millennial, post-millennial return, and I think that's really the dichotomy that we need to maybe address later on and do a teaching on that. Um, really, that kind of frames your whole uh, uh, millennial mindset, right? I love this. This isn't red-lined, but Brenda Robinson, Shabbat Shalom, Brenda, she says, Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not cover. You see, I mean, that right there, just by keeping the commandments, you would get a lot, you would get rid of the problems that we're seeing right here today, wouldn't you? That right, that takes care of all the looting, doesn't it? That takes care of all the thuggery. Um, Shabbat Shalom Modesto Gaza says, Concerning real spiritual warfare, can you expound on your specific stance and use of the gospel of Yahushua and its power in your ministry? Well, that is great. Well, spiritual warfare. So, you know, um, we've gone through the ministry over the years in ebbs and flows on the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. And what I have found is it really depends, quite honestly, on your audience, on the people that you're with, not necessarily your audience, I should, I should rephrase that, the group and the setting of, of, of what you're, who you're with and their faith. Okay, because you're only as strong when it comes to spiritual warfare as the weakest faith member in that group. Okay, so if you have somebody that's doubting what's being manifest, 
then that can really plummet. But if you have, you know, three or four people that are really powerful, then amazing things can happen, okay? And it's all about that setting. So I just have to not be judgmental and realize that people are at different stages in their maturity and their belief system, and I operate accordingly. Um, I'm very strong in spirit and very strong and 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 powerful in the manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit. I do believe in speaking in tongues. Now, some people can't stand that and, you know, are very affronted that, um, that I believe that. Well, I've experienced that and I know that it's true. So, you know, that's my witness and you, you may have a, a, a disagreement, but I have to be true to the witness of my life since I was born again at 24. I've seen miracles, healings, demons come out of people and deliverance and that manifestation has happened in groups where people have faith and when there has been one person that or two people have been doubters then you see the ruach the spirit just drop and you can't get that breakthrough so it really is a community a community faith action where you where you can start to see that real spiritual warfare and the power of it in your ministry that was a long-winded answer to Modesto's very well-framed short question. Now, Joseph Landry, Shabbat Shalom Joseph, he says, I agree that Elijah is a witness. Somebody agrees with me. Good. I'm going to have a sip from my sponsor. I agree that Elijah is a witness. You quote Malachi 4.5 for this. The other witness in, is in verse 4. Moses, remember with the law and the statutes and the judgments. So there's another possibility. Could Moses be one of the two witnesses? Okay, there you go. Love it. Oh, I like it. Chris, FEMA Region 4, speaking my language. I rock the HK USP 45 in my bug out bag. Yeah, I do like that one too. And what was the one we were looking at? The P, was it the P30? Yeah, the P30. That's a nice one as well. But um, it's very similar to my HK um, P2000SK. So, you know. Don't get me talking about HK. Crikey. You know, oh, I'm left-handed, so, you know, the ambidextrous is just phenomenal on that weapon. So, oh, get me going. Now, look, all the guys are going, Diesel Grandpa. Whatever you do, don't say all lives matter. Oh, boy, Glock 22, fourth generation, 50 Smith and 40 Smith and Western. So what I do believe, though, is you've got to stick with the same caliber, okay? And then, you know, for me, I went with a 40 just because, you know, it's a bigger round, of course, a bit more stopping power than the 9, but it's also a common round internationally. You don't want to start mixing up rounds because then you're going to be in a problem with ammunition, you know? So if there's a group of you, then just all of you get on the same caliber. That's what I'm saying, all right? Because in a situation, you don't want to be messing around. Hey, throw me a... And somebody's got a 9, and you've got a 45, and he's got, you know, you've got a cluster bomb. It's just, you know, stick stick with it. So if you're in FEMA region, what are we? FEMA region 10? We FEMA region 10? If you're in FEMA region 10, just go with a 40, okay? So we can all stick together, please. All right, all right. 
Changing subject, please, Matthew. Unless somebody else puts another gun thing up here, which we know they will, right? Ah, oh, dear. Oh, yes. So now Matthew's going to gravitate to all of this because I am fleshly and carnal. Um, Chris, FEMA Region 4, I'm a firearms instructor. I don't own one of anything, lol. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. You know, I, you know, I don't have a nine, but I do have, um, uh, see, okay, all right, stop it, stop it. All right, Terrence McRae, I have a Ruger. <laughs> oh, jeez. Look, at, oh, we're getting them all now. We've got Joey's got an AK-47, 1971. Johnny's got one, sorry. Nice, very nice. Oh, this could be fun. All right, we're just going to do a firearm segment next week. <laughs> I'm getting some unholy looks here in the back here. Are you packing or not? Oh, okay, all right. Now, Johnny says, I have two swords. I have one sword. Okay, this is going sideways very quickly. <laughs> I have a um, cavalry saber. Oh, man, those were huge, like in the Crimean War. I mean, they were just like could take down a horse. So, you know, I have, I have a, a cavalry saber. I think it's the 19, is it the 1911? No, that's the handgun. That's a cavalry saver. I forget which one, but it's uh, the British used it in Crimea. I figure if it was good enough to use in Crimea, it's good enough to use in Salem, Oregon. All right, moving on from the from the. Um, oh, there's too many people here throwing up weapons in the chat. This is fabulous. I love it. All right, let's talk about um, the Southwest Goat Lady. Maybe she's not going to talk about weapons. Do you think that Yahusha? Okay, we're back on track. Do you think that Yahushua wept over Jerusalem and would also today seeing the sheep wearing masks and fighting as they fall into the hands of the enemy? I think so too, because quite honestly, there are many believers, like-minded believers, and well, not maybe like-minded, but there are many misguided Christians. I mean, yesterday I was, I was embarrassed, I've got to tell you. I wouldn't say embarrassed even, ashamed. And I use that word very infrequently. Like if somebody says shame on you, I rebuke them. You put shame on me. I renounce that and rebuke. You better not do it to my children. I mean, that's serious when you do that. But I was ashamed yesterday. I was running around Bush Park. And outside this liberal church... There's a group of 50-something, you know, 50 years old and above, woke white people on their knees, waving these signs. And you've got all these, and I use the word deliberately, idiots honking their horn. I mean, I wanted to go by and do the Mr. Bean, but, you know... I don't know if you've seen that meme, but that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't. But I just, because I knew that they'd get it on video and then I'd be, you know, front page of the, the liberal fish wrapper. I mean, just unreal, unreal. Let's get back to business here. Yes, I think he would be very, very, very saddened in heart. Very saddened in heart. All right, we'll wrap this up here, guys. I did spend a little bit too much time on weapons and tactics, but again, 
you got to have a little bit fun in the chat. It can't all be serious, can it? It's serious enough out there. And it's very serious when we start talking about the two witnesses, the two witnesses. Breaking culture, Shabbat Shalom. Do the two witnesses have to be just two people? No, they don't. And we are in Revelation chapter 11, part B. And next week, I hope to be in part C, and I think I will be addressing that next week. So that is exciting. Julia says, um, Temple Heath Health, excuse me, asks, who causes the people to fall down and worship the beast? George Soros. No. <laughs> is this kneeling a precursor? Of course it's a precursor. Okay? It's that. It's that, that group mentality, right, that then becomes a, um, a symbol of being woke that then you've even got police officers and sheriffs and agents and officers that should be beyond that because they're supposed to be in their job doing their employment they're not support, supposed to be part of the counterculture. They're supposed to be neutral, doing the same thing. Why? Because it's all part of the propaganda. So definitely, most definitely, it is all a precursor, a precursor. Oh, here's a great question. This is from Cindy Olivares. Olivares, excuse me if I my pronunciations. Are believers in Yahusha who do not speak in tongues still saved? Yes, of course. This is not a salvific issue. This is just a question. If and you can read the writings of the Apostle Paul, all that will, all that will. And you know, sometimes we have doubt. Sometimes it's just not something that you will or this is the tough thing, is sometimes we've had some bad experiences. I mean, who, who hasn't been in a crazy Pentecostal church and seen tongues misappropriated? I know I have. And it kind of puts you off. And you're like, there's my alarm. It kind of puts you off. You're like, oh, geez. You know, you see people acting like absolute loons. It does put you off. And then that can really, really be a stumbling block. And that would be a, would have been for me too, except I didn't grow up in the church. I mean, yeah, the Church of England, they certainly don't speak in tongues. So I had no idea about it. I was born again, went to Calvary Chapel, Salem. They don't speak in tongues, right? But I got invited by um, somebody to a private Bible study when I was 24. And it hit me right out of the blue. And I mean, it was the most amazing supernatural um, experience. I was given the power and gift of the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. And the Holy Spirit descended upon me and I spoke in tongues and a lady wrote it down in a journal for me. I still have it. I have this velvet journal. And um, she wrote it down and it was a prophecy. And it's about, this is crazy, it's about that I would 
teach before men and before nations. And I'm like three months saved. I mean, if, if you had me, if my voice would quiver, I, I couldn't talk. I wasn't a public, I'm not a public speaker. Good grief. It's not my natural ability in my flesh. And I haven't read it for years, but occasionally, you know, every you know, decade or so, I'll take that down off the bookshelf and read it. And I'm astounding. So how can you undo that experience? You can't. It's real. It happened in my life. So therefore, I have to adjust the doubts and fears and things. And when people say, oh, tongues is a, is a human language, I'll go, well, okay, hear what you're saying. You can send me your 600-page PDF rip, um, debunking tongues. But what am I going to do about that situation in my life? And you're not going to tell me it was witchcraft because the power of the Holy Spirit lives in me, and I can test the spirits. I know it was from Yahuwah. The prophecies come true, and I've seen it in other people's lives when I've done it and manifest too. So that is called a witness. And no matter what, you can't get rid of my witness, and you can't get rid of your witness. And this is a good place to finish, isn't it? To stand to stand on our witness. And that's all we can do. No matter what men says. And if it means you put the f a hand in the face, then you stand. And I hope it doesn't come to a time when we have to unholster the weapon. But if there comes a time when we have to stand against wickedness and tyranny, for the sake of our loved ones and our faith community, just as Elijah and Elisha did against the black robe prophets of Baal. We are in a society of black robed anti-fascist fascists and black robe anti-racist racists. And we have black robe judges sitting on benches that are now letting people get away with crimes against persons and crimes against property because it fulfills the agenda of a wicked, wicked and corrupt generation. So I am awfully glad to have the witness of the Holy Spirit. I am awfully glad to have the witness of a transform and change life. And I'm awfully glad to look into the eyes of witnesses who can attest the same thing. So this week, go out and be a witness and love your enemies and walk in peace. But be prepared for war. Shabbat Shalom.